Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I am visiting with Mel Rosenthal. Mel was a production editor for Knopf Publishing for much of his career. While at Knopf, he worked on the publication of two Chaim Grada books in translation. We're here to speak with him today about his work in translation and production, as well as Yiddish. Welcome, Mel. Glad to be here. It's a really a delight to have you join us today. I know you and I met, oh boy, probably four or five years ago when you were at the Yiddish Book Center for the Chaim Grada Weekend Program. And you first came to our attention when we read about your work in an article in the New York Times, which mentioned that you had worked um, with Grada's book publications. Um, and we were in touch to an extended invitation, and we were delighted that you came to join us for the program. So, Mel, before I ask you about the work with Grada, I'm eager to learn about your background with Yiddish. Did you grow up in a Yiddish-speaking home? Are you a native speaker? Uh, no, no. My first language is English. Uh, my parents had Yiddish as their first language, and uh, I would say my and my sister's experience was very similar to that of many people of our generation. The home was basically English-speaking, uh, and our parents resorted to Yiddish when they wanted to have an adult conversation in front of their young English-speaking children without having to worry about the children hearing something unsuitable. Ah. Um, so do you read in Yiddish? Yes. Yes, I do now. And how? when did that uh, well, all happen? I, I recall... Uh, I, took, I recall taking in Hebrew school when I was a kid, uh, taking a course in elementary Yiddish, uh, where they explained the differences in the, you know, the fact that the Yiddish, that Yiddish uses a modified Hebrew alphabet and that you have vowels and so on. Um, and so I, you could say I acquired the, the rudiments of Yiddish there. Uh, I would say that I greatly increased my knowledge of Yiddish, oddly enough, perhaps, uh, from two years of German that I took in college, and that I found greatly increased my knowledge of Yiddish for understandable reasons. And, uh, well, uh, I, I, I cannot, uh, even now, I would say that I'm, I'm hard-pressed to express myself in Yiddish, uh, but it's, uh, at least orally. But uh, I have a, a, at least a moderate reading knowledge of Yiddish. So I imagine when you were working at Knopf that you were one of few or maybe the only person with some working knowledge of Yiddish? Um, quite possibly. Uh, I recall that we didn't, uh, in my department, there were about five or six people in the what was called the copy department. And... Uh, we didn't rigidly specialize, but I tended to get the books of Jewish interest. And uh, one day, uh, I guess it was, I, well, March would have been March of 82, if mm -hmm. I recall correctly, uh, my supervisor brought me a manuscript uh, of, uh, under the title Rabbis and Wives, a collection of three novellas by Chaim Grada, translated by Ina Hekegrada and Harold Rubinowitz. And um, I sent the manuscript that, well, our, our, 
copy editing and proofreading were all done by freelancers. So after looking it over briefly, looking over the manuscript briefly, I sent it out to one of our copy editors. And a few days later, he called me back to say he didn't know what to do with it. He felt that the manuscript had made it only about three-quarters of the way into English. And also there were, there was, there were these repeated references to uh, Jewish uh, customs, practices, institutions with which he was very unfamiliar. The upshot of this was that he sent the manuscript back and I wound up uh, extensively revising the translation myself, although this was, this was uh, beyond the normal scope of a, cop, of a production editor, copy editor's or production editor's duties. And um, while I was uh, I, I, as each of the th as I completed each of the three novellas, they were sent out to the Gradas. Chaim Grada was still living at that time, and it was sent out to uh, to Chaim and and to his wife Ina. And uh, while I'm engaged in this process, I suddenly received a call from Mrs. Grada, saying that she and her husband very much appreciated my work, and that they I had they felt. Uh, considerably improved the manuscript. Uh, well, with uh, if I if without trying to make that a boast, and I thought this, I found this especially gracious, considering that I was, after all, second guessing our own efforts as a translator. Mm -hmm. And we had a very pleasant talk. And I, I recall when I when we hung up, I my my was left with the impression uh, of a kind of traditional Yiddish boba of. Uh, you know, a kindly, gray-haired, grandmotherly figure, which uh, was entirely off the mark, as you will not be. Uh, she wasn't like that at all. But it's, um, I, I recall also while I was still uh, working on the book, uh, they invited, I was invited uh, for dinner by uh, Chaim and Nina to their apartment, their Riverdale apartment, so I had the honor and pleasure of meeting him that one time. But while the book was still in process, uh, he died suddenly of a heart attack, and uh, which was quite a shock uh, to, uh, to me mm -hmm. and to others, and to, of course, to the Yiddish culture, uh, literary establishment. And uh, I then also... Uh, continued. Uh, there, there was a second book after 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 his he died. Ina asked me to be her collaborator in translating her husband's work, and after some hesitation, I agreed. And we even signed a contract for the Rolf's Hoys, the Rabbi's house, or in English, the old house. Um, and meanwhile, there was a, a second book that I worked on at Knopf, which was My Mother's Sabbath Days, Der Momus Shabosim. And uh, again, uh, there were similar, problem, similar problems as on Rabbis and Wives. To, uh, the translation was not entirely up to standard, and I wound up extensively revising that translation as well. 
the different one difference was that, in effect, for rabbis and wives, which later became uh, and later editions became was called the sacred and the profane, which is actually a more accurate rendering of the Yiddish title. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, I, I, I treated it in effect as an original English work. I did not have access to the Yiddish. Uh, for the Mamas Shabosim, I did have uh, a copy. I did get a copy of the Yiddish uh, of the Yiddish original, and was able to consult that in my own work on the trans on the translation. Uh, the second the second translation the the let's um, say the, the, the translation of Domomus uh, Shabosim was also by Ina Grata and a woman whose name I escapes me at the moment, but it's, it's on the any English language edition would have both both those names. Um, and then, well, as I say, after, after that there were no other. Those were the two books that that Knopf published. And that I worked on, and um, well, uh, at, at, at that point I continued uh, translating, uh, continued my work, um, and I was a very inexperienced at that point. Certainly, and I, I was a very inexperienced translator, but I did it the best I could on uh, the old house or the uh, I forget whether it's I forget the uh, the gender of hoys. I think it's I think it's uh, masculine. The robes hoys, but it's um, um, and then, well. I think I've gone on enough. I I, 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 I probably answer. I probably gave you a longer answer there than you really wanted. No, but, it's it's a it's an amazing story. I mean, I I've got so many questions for you. First, was it unusual for a work? A Yiddish work to come across your desk um, in translation. Did you know yes. other Yiddish writers? Yes. Uh, in fact, Chaim Grada's books were the, I would say, the only books, the only Yiddish uh, uh, Yiddish language book, uh, book, of course, in translation mm-hmm. uh, that came uh, came to me. The, book, the only works of Yiddish literature that I worked on. So, in other words, uh, yes, I did not, in general. We did not, in general, publish that much Yiddish literature. Knopf, Knopf as, a, as a firm, did not uh, publish that, uh, that much Yiddish literature. And, and as far as I know, those were the only two books of Yiddish, Yiddish literary works that Knopf published. So it says something. I mean, Knopf is a, you know, uh, an amazing publisher in their day, and I would imagine that something about Grata's work really resonated with the editor. Yes, uh, the editor, uh, the editor was Ashbel Green, who was a very, uh, what shall we say, uh, an American of colonial. Uh, his ancestry goes back to colonial days, mm-hmm. and in fact, his his name is in Webster's Biographical Dictionary, although it's not him; it's his distant ancestor. But it's. Um, in any case, as I say, those were the. Uh, I suppose the original intention was that uh, eventually Knopf would publish 
the rabbi's house, but for various for it's a rather long story, which I don't want to go into in full detail. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work out. It's quite something that both the writer and his wife, who assumed the role of a translator for him, um, both felt very strongly that they liked your work, the, the, your work in terms of finessing and editing and um, copy editing their translation. Well, um, as I say, in both, in both the books of Knopf, I was not the original translator. I did, I did not take it from scratch. I, uh, I was essentially a reviser of the translations that came into the house. But they were happy with those revisions, which is always... Oh, a, yes. It's, oh, yes. It's never an easy so. thing to uh, do. I can, I can say, again, with a bit of immodesty, perhaps, that I know that Rabbis and Wives was the runner-up for the uh, fiction Pulitzer fi- Prize in Fiction that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it would have been for 82. I guess it would have been 1982. Um, I, I, don't, I don't recall, to be honest, in other words, I think neither book, in both cases, I suppose it might be called more particularly Rabbis and Wives or uh, The Sacred and the Profane. In both cases, I think it was more success as theme, as a theme rather than a commercial success. Well, neither book did very well commercially in terms of sales. But it's interesting that this publisher wanted to at least bring it into the mainstream. Oh, and, yes, and, certainly. And, and what about it do you think resonated for them or that they thought that they would find an audience of Yiddish readers for these works? Um. I really don't feel. I, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. I'm not. I, I, in other words, it really came down to how was the original. Uh, it probably had something to do with the grottos themselves. As I say, at the beginning, Chaya, the author himself, was still living, mm-hmm. and um, in fact, he, he was originally. He originally had several books published, uh, including the Aguna and uh, the Yeshiva. Tzemechatlus uh, in uh, the original. Uh, both those books were published by, uh, by uh, were put out, brought out by another publisher. Uh, exactly why they were, they decided. I, I assume it will, must have been ultimately the author's decision to, uh, for whatever reason, they were not uh, satisfied with that publisher, and they eventually wound up at Knopf. Mm-hmm. And as I say, the uh, the editor was Ashbel was uh, who I've already described was Ashbel Green, a long uh, a long time uh, professional editor at Club. And can, um, were there any other Yiddish writers whose work had been published there that you remember? Uh, not that I recall. I I, I I could be you know I could be mistaken. Mm-hmm. As far as I can recall. And I could be mistaken. Uh, Grotto was the only prominent Jewish author who was uh, published by Knopf. And was there back and forth between you and the Grottas in terms of the nuances and um, phrasing or other small aspects of the editing process? Um, well, as I say, Wachayim was... Uh, Grotto was still living. Uh, uh, he died, as I say, in the course of the production 
a course of production for what was then called Rabbis and Wives. Uh, as I say, I got this call from Mrs. Garda, which indicated that both of them, both she and the, both, uh, she and the author, were very pleased with my work. And um, as, as, a, as, as an, a reviser, mm-hmm. by revisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think in, in both cases, both, with both those books, uh, there wasn't uh, much, I, I wouldn't say that there was much criticism or, well, obviously, uh, after the author died, uh, Mrs. Grotta was the person in charge. And, um, you know, if she had suggestions or, or was uh, concerns, obviously I, naturally I, I, I paid attention to those concerns. Although I don't recall her, I, I, she seemed to trust my judgment, uh, and I, I don't recall much of, uh, on, those two, uh, on either of those two books, and any particular... Uh, disagreements or objections uh, on on her part uh, or on either of their part. And, and when you were working on this, were you aware of the prominence of Grada in terms of Yiddish literature? And yes, I was. Um, I, I would. Ha- I, I must admit, in all honesty that when I received, first received the manuscript of Rabbis and Wives, three novellas by Chaim Grada, I knew the name, but not much else. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit, I had never read anything by him. Uh, and, of course, if I had read, it would have been in English, not in, not in the... My Yiddish was simply not up to... Uh, you know, it, it, I would not have been able to read... Um, you know, the, the, the work in the original. So uh, e- even if I had known of these books, uh, which, I, which I eventually learned and eventually did re- uh, learned of and uh, did read in English. But, well, for example, I read the Aguna. I read both, and uh, the Yeshiva. I read both those books in English. In fact, I think it was Mrs. Guada who sent me uh, copies of of those two books to do to read while you were doing the revisions. Um, during that and afterward. Yeah, I would I would imagine that that would help you get a sense of the voice. Yes, yes, and as I say, I was able to make you in regard to uh, to Yamam Shabosim. I was able. I did have access to the Yiddish original of that book. And I was able, and I would say just going over, you know, comparing the English with the Yiddish and revising in, in the light of my understanding of the Yiddish, uh, I would say that itself va- greatly increased my knowledge of Yiddish. Uh, it, you know, uh, without saying that it, <laughs> I, without saying that I emerged uh, completely fluent. <laughs> I'm, okay. Even now I'm not completely, I'm very far from complete fluency. But you could read an, uh, a Yiddish work in the original. Yes, yeah. I could. I could. I was able to. Uh, I was able to read in the original. Yes. And what do you think? I know this is a really hard question, but what are some of the challenges of 
both for the translator and for working as you did with the revisions? Uh, well, I would say that the challenges, let, let me address the question of the challenges as a translator, I would say the challenges are the problem, are, are, I, I wound up, uh, had similar problems with that of many people tra uh, translating from Yiddish to any other language, is that because Yiddish is such, uh, the language represents and embodies such a distinctive culture with its own peculiar practice, uh, you know, unique and distinctive practices and ideas and beliefs and, vocab and vocabulary, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the, the, the major problem in translating is deciding what, you know, to what extent to use the original to actually use, let's say, a term like best midrash. You know, uh, well, which you can more partly assume that many people know. Many people know what the best midrash is, what the best midrash is in synagogue. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's a constant challenge I found in translating, uh, not so much in the work I did in revision, uh, you know, to find, you know, to decide as between, to, to strike a balance between uh, translating, because English, you know, the English words, you know, what may seem to be the English equivalents, and again, this is what many translators from Yiddish will say, if you're the Yiddish equivalent, the English equivalents are just not really equivalents. They don't convey the flavor, the the tom, the, the taste, the the feeling mm -hmm. of of the Yiddish original, and that's why it's always, uh, as far as I've, my limited my own limited experience as a translator, uh, you know, confirms this. Uh, you know that it's. It's it, you, 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 it's very hard to decide what to do. Should you go with the Yiddish, that perhaps, which is not a good, which is not the best idea? Uh, I recall uh, reading a, a statement Irving Howe, um, over Sholem, who uh, was very interested, as you know, was very involved in Yiddish translation, along with Eliezer Greenberg. Um, he himself made uh, made very very points very similar to the ones I've I've just been making, and uh, he said, "Well, the temptation is to is to translate directly, to use the Yiddish term and then translate it directly into English, which is probably not the best idea." And uh, he, the, uh, Irving Howe, said that, and I tend to agree, although sometimes I I uh, I've yielded to the temptation to do that. <laughs> And, and before I let you go, quick question. Is there any Yiddish writer or any particular Yiddish title which you would like to see translated? Oh. <laughs> um, well, as I say, I have focused you know, pretty much exclusively in my work on Grata, mm -hmm. Chaim Grata. Uh, as I say, I started out when I first got the manuscript uh, at Knopf uh, I, I, I knew the name, but really not much else. Um, and uh, 
so I, I really don't feel qualified to answer that question as to what other, I, in other words, I, I, I have to confess to my shame, perhaps, I'm not widely read in Yiddish literature, either in, in the original or in English. So I, I really don't know how to answer that question. Okay, that's that's fair enough. And there's so much more Yiddish literature that needs to be translated, as Absolutely. we're keenly aware here at the Yiddish Book Center. Um, well, Mel, thank you so much for sharing the story and, and for all the work that you did to urge along those works in translation. Um, and thanks for taking some time to join us today. Well, it's been my pleasure, Lisa. All right, and we hope to see you here at the Yiddish Book Center sometime soon. It's been too long. Well, yes, it has been, and uh, I do plan. To, I, I do hope to get there sometime within the reasonably near future. Great. Well, thanks again, and be well. Bye bye. Take care, and Zaygazund. Uh, You've been listening to the Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit yiddishbookcenter.org. I'm Sarah Blakefeld. Be well. Be healthy and tune in again soon.